Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that helps you get smartenized. Today's episode, Porkies. A fat guy looks at the fat acceptance movement and the obesity epidemic. Yes, we're told it's an epidemic. Everything's an epidemic these days. Nothing is ever just a problem or an issue that we have to deal with. It's always an epidemic. It turns out that the CDC was lying about their numbers. Big surprise there. But they've actually did something unique, and they made a correction and backed down a bit. Rumor has it that the nicotine nannies were appalled that, based on CDC projections, obesity would overtake tobacco as a leading cause of preventable death, and that might interfere with them harassing smokers for sport. So they changed their numbers, but what they didn't mention was that they changed the numbers before a couple of years ago. They changed the body mass index charts. And in so doing, made 30 million Americans obese overnight without any of them gaining an ounce. According to the new charts, Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger are both obese. Now, there's no question that there's a lot of porkers out there, and they're uglifying the landscape, blocking the aisles in supermarkets, and turning a trip to the beach into an appetite suppressant. I know because I'm one of them. I'm fat. I'm not portly or chubby or ample or plump or big-boned or too short for my weight. I'm just fat. I can play synonym substitution all day long, and it won't change that fact. I'm not fat because of genetics. It's not my parents' fault, nor are the makers of fast food to blame. I don't vilify advertisers for making their products look appealing. And while some porkers claim that they gain weight no matter how much they reduce their consumption... I'm proud to say that I obey the second law of thermodynamics. I don't have a glandular problem except for the saliva gland. No one ever held me down and forced me to eat fatty foods or drink beer. There's only one person responsible for my girth, and he's doing this podcast. Now, there are a few, very few, obese people who honestly can lay the blame on their size on medical problems. For instance, there's a rare disease called Prader-Willi, it causes severe developmental problems, and it also causes the victim to always feel hungry, even if they just finished a large meal a few moments ago. There are also some people, like people who've had organ transplants, that have to take steroids that make them bulky and overweight. But the vast majority of us are fat for two reasons and two reasons only. We eat too much, and we exercise too little. Before the Internet was widely available, People communicated online through dial-in bulletin board systems. I owned a 21-line BBS called Electric Avenue. It was the largest in New York State at the time. And the people who called in would chat and get to know each other, message each other back and forth. And it evolved into quite a social thing. There were lots of parties every weekend, lots of people getting together as a result of having met on the bulletin board. I first heard of the fat acceptance movement back then. A very large, man-hating woman signed up and started pontificating about how unfairly she was treated by the world. She insisted that she had the right to be considered attractive. So any men who were turned off by her excessive flesh were violating her rights. And she really believed this. Her rights were violated a lot. Now, the fat acceptance movement is not entirely without merit. It wants people to pay less attention to appearance and more to the inner person. That's great advice. It's entirely contrary to human nature, but it's still great advice. 
first impressions are largely based on appearance. And if that appearance is largely large, assumptions based on that are a natural response. Yeah, people should be better than that. No, they won't be anytime soon. Fat Acceptance says people should learn to be comfortable about their own appearance and not base their self-image on the perception of other people. That's also good advice and also pretty difficult to do. And they also seek to make the general public less cruel and more accepting of fat people. Again, a good goal, and again, one unlikely to succeed. If their goals ended there, I could support them. Of course, their agenda goes much further than that. Rather than just trying to change the public's perception of people, FAAs, we're going to call fat acceptance advocates FAAs, which is appropriate because some of them are the size of small airplanes, FAAs have tried to mandate special treatment through both legislation and lawsuits. FAAs have sued restaurants that weren't able to accommodate them. Now, I'm fat enough that booths aren't usually comfortable, so when I'm directed to one, I just politely request a table. It's never been a problem. However, if I were so monstrously huge that I couldn't fit in any of the restaurant's chairs, I'd have to stop and wonder if maybe, just maybe, a restaurant was the best place for me to be. Perhaps a different form of entertainment would be more appropriate. FAAs are now demanding that landlords make special accommodations for them. The nature of the accommodations isn't specified, because if you specify them, then people can meet them and you can't sue them. Personally, I think an apartment owner's sole obligation should be to grease the doorways. Everybody's good at fooling themselves. All of us are. But FAAs have made it an art form. For instance, they hold up Rubens as a great painter who found beauty in overweight women, but they're missing two very important facts. First, Rubens stands out because chubby women, who only represented a fraction of his work, are so uncommon in the works of other great painters. More importantly, he painted women who were 20, maybe 30 pounds overweight. A 400-pound woman insisting that Rubens' taste was commendable is just kind of sad. FAAs also insist that a lot of men, they usually say 5 to 10 percent, prefer women who weigh more than the government says they should. That may be true, but most such men are looking for a little cushion, not a beanbag chair. The number of men who are attracted to morbidly obese women is so small that it's considered a fetish. I have my own personal fat acceptance policy. It doesn't involve lawsuits or imagined rights, nor does it demand anything from anyone else. It's simply this. If someone doesn't like me because I'm fat, I don't want to associate with them either. Not because of their bias, everyone has bias about something or other, but because of their complete lack of imagination. There are so many much better reasons to dislike me that anyone who rejects me for my girth is both unimaginative and unobservant. They'd be far too dull to hang around with. That's it for this edition of Quick Hits. If you've learned a little something or maybe can see something from a little different point of view, congratulations, you've been smartenized. If you don't like this podcast, you most certainly won't like the Hitman Chronicle, which can be found at www.davehit.com. That's spelled with two T's. But stop on by. Love it or hate it. Drop me a line. Tell me what you think. Quick Hits is a journal of one man's opinion, and so should not be taken too seriously.